Canuck Central in the Kintec studio. Dan Rachio and Satyar Shaw. Uh, this text, Dave and Strathcona. Was Pedersen a little too dejected after missing his first open net last night? Hey, Elias, this is a one-goal game. It's not over yet. Can't tell me you didn't think of Patrick Stefan in the moment. Uh, I didn't, actually. Wow. I mean, they're nothing alike, Dan. I saw the note, and I looked at it, and I'm like, they're nothing alike. Uh, they're very much alike. Both missed an empty net. <laughs> yeah. But- Pedersen didn't miss it from, like, the crease. But <laughs> yeah, I mean, outside of missing the empty net, yeah, but, like, the play is, like, nothing alike. Stefan, like, it was the most egregious empty net miss in NHL history. He's, like, trying to walk it into the net, stumbles on the line, and yes. falls over. And then, you know, like, three three Oilers, three stars are caught behind, okay. and there's a two-on-one going the They're other way. They're still similar in the way of there's no chance open net the other was way. missed. Sure. It's and there was the like chance to come back the other way. The there Predators was, did get a chance at the other end of the ice, it was did a they much, not? It wasn't much of a chance. No, it was, like, a half chance. Yeah, it was never really It was kind of like a... This would only be nerve-wracking in the final 30 seconds of a game kind of a chance. I think it's a stretch. I don't know how Josh feels. Josh was like four years old when the Stefan thing happened anyways. I do know it, but I feel like this happens often. Like yeah. a player misses the net and then the other team has a chance. Didn't that happen against the Flyers? Remember, they missed a couple chances yeah. or whatever and then the Cats yeah. came back Like, and they didn't come back? I don't know. <laughs> I get what you're saying, but to me, like the Stefan thing was like, it's the most... Is that, is that the biggest blunder in NHL history? Probably. It's hard to think of many others. I mean, there's the Steve Smith one. Yeah, that one too. And this one, like, kind of on yeah, the big stage. Yeah, but this one, like, you walk, try to walk it into an empty net and you fall over. Like, it's yeah. pretty bad. I mean, Dan Kluches goes down in NHL history. We've seen those types of goals, though, a lot, yes. haven't we? Yeah. You know, from center ice. The center ice goal happens a lot more often than the uh, Patrick Stefan play yeah. does. <laughs> we'll leave it at that. All right, it's time for Overrated, <laughs> Underrated here on Canuck Central. Let's get to it. Hit the music. All right, overrated, underrated, or perfectly rated. It's pretty simple. Don't need to explain it every time. You give us a topic, we decide if it's overrated, underrated, or on the off chance that we want to be Switzerland, it's perfectly rated. Yeah, I like that. Switzerland is good. Uh, I'd love to go to Switzerland, by the way. It looks beautiful, by the way. It does look beautiful. It's gorgeous. I think it's underrated, if you were to say... As a destination, if you were to like rate Switzerland, yeah, in any way, I'd probably agree. I mean, I guess not because it isn't it always ranked one of the best places in the world to live. I guess so. Yeah, I wouldn't know. So those who know, know. I yeah. guess. I, I would imagine a ski lift ticket in Switzerland is cheaper than it is in Whistler, though. I don't, I don't know. know if that's true. Yeah, that's pretty. Expensive. Switzerland is. It's got some good mountain. Didn't we have this discussion once and then people started texting in and, and like yeah. showing us all the prices for Switzerland? <laughs> the Swiss Alps and how expensive it is. But you can like ski from Switzerland to Italy in the same run, you know? That's kind of fun. <laughs> yeah. Is it worth I want to ski over, have a spro in Italy, and then ski back. Just some like shack on the yeah. side of a mountain, some yeah. guys making pasta and spros. Sounds great. All right, let's get to some actual submissions. Okay, we will start with this one. Uh, overrated or underrated? Loading up Hughes and Heronic on the Canucks top pair. Oh, I mean, I like the results, but overrated eventually. Uh, I don't know. I, I say underrated because honestly, like you see Quinn do things. Well, he always does incredible things, but like you, he, it unlocks a version of him that we haven't seen before. Yeah, when they're together. 
Is and he like, more confident to do yeah, certain things on the ice? I think so. And you see, because he knows he's got more of a safety net. You see it through a number of plays where it, it's not like he will cheat, but he won't be afraid of making a read. Right. And oftentimes he kind of look. You know how uh, Roman Yossi, we ref, we refer to him as like an, a fourth forward in many ways, and he's kind of a rover. He's always kind of joining the attack and pushing the, the attack forward. Well, a big reason why he can do that is not only because he's talented. He usually has a partner that can hold things down, yeah. which allows him to do that. And Quinn did parts of that at times with Chris Tanev, but he wasn't quite as aggressive with uh, Luke Shen. It was more steady in how they kind of supported each other. He was always there available. How often was he available for for Luke Shen? Always. He was always there for an easy pass that Luke could make to him, which meant you're, you're, you're taking some back from yourself, right? So now where he's pushing a bit more and he's joining the attack and many times looks like looks like the guy creating chances creating the rush creating zone entries and creating you know offensive sequences i think that's just something that he hasn't been able to do as much as he's doing this year and to me letting uh, special players do special things is what it all comes down to as long as uh they can continue to find ways to make it work outside of that pair then I guess it can work, but it feels like they're just trying to get through time until they're able to bring back Ethan Bear and add him to the group. And then maybe, maybe you've got Cole a little bit Bear. more. Yeah, then maybe you've got a little bit more depth to but, deal with. Yeah, if you go Cole and Bear, you might be able to survive with that. Yeah. All right, it's going to be interesting. But uh, the upside is like they still haven't been scored against on the ice. Uh, the numbers are pretty heavily favoring the Canucks when Hughes and Hironic are on the ice. So I, I can see why it's, it's hard to go away from it when it works as well as it does. All right. Next one is overrated, underrated NHL frozen frenzy. Um, we didn't get to watch a ton of it, but I, I did actually like read into like all that went behind the frozen frenzy and everything that ESPN put into the process. I think it's overall, it's good for the NHL to have um, nights or stories that sort of highlight something that they are doing to gain a casual audience. It was still, I mean, is there ever a perfect night on the calendar? I don't know, but maybe I wouldn't choose NBA opening night. And the other part of this is I don't like, you don't need to stagger the starts when you have all 16 teams playing mm-hmm. <laughs> or sorry, all 32 teams playing, you can stagger the starts on a night where there's four games that might actually be better. Cause how many of us are watching five games at once? Not many. So I like the idea, but uh, overrated on the first first try for the NHL frozen frenzy. I, I think that with hockey and maybe this is with other sports as well. Anytime some, somebody does something new or something new comes out, there's this big urge to like, oh, why did you not do it on a better night? Like, oh, the stat site sucks. Oh, this is so bad. The NHL so behind. I, it feels like a reflex reaction to everything that happens in the NHL. I find everything sucks. It's always that reaction. Oh, look at this league again. Oh, I can't get out of its own way. And and, yeah. and oftentimes it's true, right? I, I will say oftentimes it's true. But I, I don't I think it's positive. Like you're, you're trying new things. And I, I think ESPN clearly has a big say in these types of decisions. And they want to have 
in, in, interesting content. And I think they should try these things out. It peaked at almost a million viewers in ESPN in the U.S., which isn't bad for hockey. Yep. They're averaging about close to 500,000 viewers, which looks minuscule compared to NFL numbers. But for ESPN and where they're trying to grow the game, it, it's not bad. And you got to start somewhere. And I think sometimes, you know, we're just so quick to like crap on new things and different ideas in hockey. All right. This next one, uh, last one for... All right. I don't have much of a response. Just, I'm just going to say, all right. It's all right. Just, I like the idea, by the way. I do think it's like it's always going to be hard to be as good as Red Zone, but yeah, try things and see if it works. I mean, look, why can't we just like on a regular night where there's a bunch of games, hey, Chicago Blackhawks are on a power play. Let's go to see what Connor Bedard's about to yeah. do. I think you know, it's great. Like That's more the Red Zone for hockey than I think uh, what Frozen Frenzy kind of was. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll do this last one for YouTube. Uh, Halloween parties, overrated or underrated? Uh, honestly, Halloween like parties are really underrated. They're great. They're fantastic. <laughs> underrated. They're great. Yeah, not, I feel now, like I've grown out of them. I don't know. No, I, I, if you have like a house party with people you know, like they can be really fun. They can be really fun. Now I haven't been to one in I'd say a decade, but <laughs> the last time I went to one, I had a blast. It's like the most fun I've had in a long time. And I was never big on going to like, you know, clubs or anywhere for Halloween or yes. New Year's. I, I, I find it like, it's just such a pain in the ass, honestly. Like I have no time for it. Even then I was like annoyed by it. But like a good house party, people have fun, do interesting things. Yeah, it's good. A good house party is always underrated. Yeah. No matter what the theme is. Uh, I'm not going to a Halloween party. Are you going to a Halloween party? No, this like weekend? I said, it's been a while. No, Josh, I am. You going, are going out to Chilliwack on Saturday. I okay. Get we, need the, we need the deets. Uh, I'm not giving uh, you the, the way, address. Are you going to uh, no, Travis on, Kelsey? Uh, by the way, I just want to say overrated. Please share your costume with us. Uh, so I am. I I know both of you guys have watched The Bear on uh, Disney Plus. I guess yes, quite good. Uh, very good uh, show. I've tried the. Uh, I've I've made the spaghetti in the uh, season finale of season one. Oh, uh, very good. Haven't tried making the omelet though from season two, which also looks quite good. Yeah, I've heard that's that's good. I'm going as the omelet. No, I'm uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm going as the uh, the main character, Carmi. Uh, So I'm just wearing like an apron and white shirt, black pants. And then my fiance has a bear costume. She's wearing that. So So she's going to be bears, but different bears. bears. You are the bear and she's just a bear. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Hoping people get it. That sounds like the most... It's very niche. So you're just wearing a white T-shirt, Josh. That's that's essentially <laughs> what apron. you're doing. And an, and apron. an apron. What are you going to splash some spaghetti sauce on yourself? Or well, people might no. think you're trying to be Salt Bay or something if you wear sunglasses. <laughs> I, it's a multi-purpose costume. I don't know what to tell you. The the thing I learned though is uh, one of my friends that's going is also wearing a bear costume, and now I'm worried that people are going to be confused that like. Who's who's with who here? And now I'm going to have to deal with that. No man, I. Uh, I think people are going to be like, well, who's the bear? This is a family show. I'm not going to say what I was thinking. Um, <laughs> did you buy one of the fancy white T-shirts that he wears in the show? Uh, no, I'm just no. going to roll with just going to roll regular, with regular white T-shirts. Right. Halloween parties uh, overrated. Last time I went to a Halloween party, I think I dressed up as uh, my wife and I, or Zach Morrison, Kelly Kapowski. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, interesting. I dyed my hair, actually. Was, yeah. Uh, an ill-advised decision. Yeah. I think the last time I did something was I was a vampire. <laughs> it was the easiest costume. Just wear like a like a dress shirt and like rip it up or something. That's what and I like. Love. Put some face paint on. It's like, yeah, you're a just vampire. Easiest costume you could possibly do. Yeah. You know, 
Just look disheveled. Yeah. Put some face paint Just on or Just put whatever. some devil horns on. Yeah. Hey, I'm the devil. <laughs> Great. Yeah. All right, next. Uh, next one. Austin and Langley, back to the Canucks. Overrated, underrated. Uh, trading this year's first rounder for a right-handed defenseman. Overrated or underrated? Oh, I think I know where Sat's leaning on this one. I don't know. I'm, 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 I'm turning. I'm gonna be like the LA Rams and be like, f them picks. <laughs> Just like move all the picks. Get good. Let's compete. Um, I still. So I just wonder how it's going to work and if there's a player out there that's... Well, that's what it comes down to for. You know what? Ultimately, what the Canucks need is another big difference maker, right? And I mean star-level player. Can you get that on the back end? Can you get that up front even? Yeah. If you can get a real difference maker who fits into that age range of, say, like 26 to 28 at the high end, right? Yeah. Or a little bit younger, I would hope, or at least would be the preference. Then I'm all for exploring those things. And I still say, let's wait until the, you know, the 30, 40 game mark to get a real sense of what this team is before we start, you know, thinking about they're a team to overly invest in or whatever. But if things keep trending and you're trying to find a pathway to be a Stanley Cup contender and not just make the playoffs, right? And you're trying to get Pedersen signed long-term and do something. And I think you have to be open to those types of things. This team, I think a lot of it will depend on where they're at. Not to be a cop-out on this, but um, a lot of it will depend on where they're at in the season. But if I just look at the Ronick trade, at the time it was made, I didn't like the deal. Now, I got some different opinions on it. We'll see so, if you can find a quality right shot defenseman, a first-round pick is what it's going to cost, bare minimum. So just on that basis, it's kind of an underrated move if you can get a quality right-shot defenseman. I don't know if that's Brett Pesha anymore, by the way. He's, oh, he's already injured. hurt. Yeah. Yes. Well, and, and they may just hold on to him anyways, yeah. right? You may not be able to get what you want. I mean, we can talk about you being open to it. It's just that may not even be available. Benny from the mocks, calm down. We're four and two. We will be sellers at the deadline again. So oh. Benny's not feeling the vibes. He, he likes Halloween, but he doesn't like the Canucks chances. Uh, last time Canucks were above 500 through six games was the beginning of the end of the Travis Green era. They were three, two and one to start that season. Yeah, they actually were okay to start the year. Yep. All right, next. Uh, next one comes from Andre Beauvillier as a bottom six player. Overrated or underrated? Overrated. Doesn't have a point yet. Yeah. I think he's a good bottom six player. He can be, like a fine one, but not a four million. Yeah. Um, and that's what it comes down to ultimately. You can't call somebody underrated in a bottom six role, making four million and ultimately not producing, even though he's played better the last couple of games. It's... Uh, Still imperfect the way that it's working out, but yeah, overrated still. Unfortunately for, for Anthony, who's played a lot better these last couple of games. Uh, next one, Super Daffy. The Canucks core, overrated or underrated? I mean, we might be biased in this market. I might be biased because of how I enjoy Phil DiGiuseppe, but um, wait, he's not part of the core, really. Not, <laughs> not, not back. The not core. the core core. The not right? the reach core. Okay. Uh, I still think it's underrated. Um, you see the way JT Miller has played so far this year, uh, what Quinn Hughes is doing, how Philip Ronick has added to the group already, and then there's, you know, Patterson and Kuzmenko that are pretty good at hockey as well. It's – I don't think people value the core – I don't think a lot of people value the core the way that I do. Like, I think it's 
I think it's pretty good. Is it the best core in the league? No, but mainly I think this is underrated because I believe Quinn Hughes is underrated around the league, and I definitely think JT Miller is criminally underrated around the league. I'd agree with Dan on this, too. I mean, from a foundation standpoint, Demko, Quinn Hughes, Elias yeah. Patterson, even JT Miller, and if Kuzmenko can keep playing the way he's playing, that gives you five guys, right? And if you throw in... Uh, let's say Philip Aronik, if he's yep. a real deal guy too. Now the list gets a little bit bigger. The biggest question everybody has is what pathways do the Canucks have to keep adding that caliber of player so they can take the next step and be a contender? Because if you look at all the teams, they have beyond six guys, like seven to eight guys. Yeah. And then you still have depth and everything you have to build out. But that's where you're one or two big additions short. Plus you still have to work things out and, and have the right mix. And it's the pathway of getting there. And I agree, it's not going to be easy, but I do think it is attainable with some right decision-making. So I'd say underrated. Like Vegas has, I guess the question is, how many do you need? And Vegas has Jack Eichel, Mark Stone, March so, Pietrangelo, um, Shea Theodore, Theodore, you know, and then, you know, they've got their, a, a lot of secondary guys, like, you know, depending on what, how you want to rank William Carlson and Chandler Stevenson and Braden McNabb, like they still got a like a secondary core that's also really good. Yeah, well, Chandler Stevenson, I think, deserves some respect. And I've I've I push back on the idea of him being a top end center. You know, I used to make fun like he's he's third line guy, but he's honestly, gonna make like seven million bucks in free agency. Yeah, isn't he? <laughs> exactly. So I mean, and how many teams can boast a trio of Eichel? Chandler Stevenson and William Carlson down the middle. Yeah, not many. That's pretty good. Stevenson's gotten really good. He has. Yeah. He's super fast too, right? And they have so much depth. So I think there's a blueprint and, you know, you're, you're a few guys short, but they do have a core to build around. It's the team that, like, Rick Tockett is the Wolverine meme watching the Vegas Golden Knights, you know? <laughs> <laughs> just looking at the picture and just... Looking That's, at their lineup. Yeah, every every time he gets a chance, he's just like, oh, that Vegas team. I like I like the way they play. All right, next. Chef Swagger, Jay Woodcroft, overrated or underrated? Uh, I'd say overrated at the moment. Seems like he's kind of losing that Edmonton team a little bit right now. Yeah, and like their defensive play is really falling apart. And he got outcoached in the Vegas Golden Knights series. Yeah. They were always a step behind. Um, and, he, and you know what? He, he did a lot of good things, but I think this, this past, what? five-month stretch has been a real rough one for him. Yeah. And not finding many answers. You have a team that is underperforming. Uh, they're playing very be- poorly defensively. It's gotten worse in almost every metric. And you have Evander Kane basically calling out the coach now on Hockey Night in Canada a little bit about his playing time. Things are not going well for the Edmonton Oilers and certainly not going well for Jay Woodcroft. As much as we talk about talk it, pulling all the, or pushing all the right buttons right now, Jay Woodcroft has pushed all the wrong buttons to start this season. All right. Next one comes from JL, the tush push overrated or underrated. It's underrated. Does it like, is, is there any way to say overrated? Isn't it like at a hundred percent like efficiency or something? <laughs> I mean, like, I guess you could say in general, like, like, is the idea of the tush push being allowed. So do you want to be banned or not? Uh, yeah. Yes. I would like, I don't know, figure out a way to stop it. You know? Yeah, I agree if with that. If every Dan. team could do it, then they would, just like Nick Sidiani uh, said this week. Yeah, I don't think, he, I don't think he's I wrong. I agree. You yeah. know, we keep like coming up with ways to like stop Sat things. looked at me for a second. I was like, what? What? <laughs> I was like, I was going to let that he's one slide. He's Italian. No, I know. That's why I let it slide. I didn't okay. say anything. 
I didn't say anything. All right. There are times when it's allowed. It's when you're throwing other European names in the Italian mixer is when it gets a little dicey. Yeah, you can't fault us for like being on edge with it a little bit. Like, a little right. like wait. Got to think about hey, what man, I got it D- is. I got a lot of DMs about Adidas and how correct it is. Okay? It's not correct. Got a lot of DMs about how correct <laughs> I got a lot of DMs. This sounds like many people. A lot of people tell me. Dozens. Dozens. There are dozens of us. <laughs> All right. Anyway, next one, <laughs> Justin and East Van. Keep the tush push. It's underrated. Yeah. Uh, Piri Piri hot sauce. Uh, it's Pity Pity sauce. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Awesome. <laughs> Overrated or underrated? Underrated. I love Pity Pity sauce. It's I mean, tasty, but I can't handle can it. You, can you have the mild one? No, I mean, very, very. I mean, oh, just wow. barely. Just barely. The spice. The spice gets too much. Too much. Too hot. Can't um, handle the heat. It works on uh, everything. Like not just Portuguese chicken. You can have uh, you can have piri piri sauce on anything. Put it on a it sandwich. Is true. It is true. Sometimes I'll get the piri piri mayo. Yep. Put it on a like mm. a sandwich or whatever. That's, That's good too. Good. My dad loves it. He has this. Every, anytime I go over and stuff, he's like, "Do you want some piri?" I'm like, "Dad, I came in. Like, I'm gonna die." <laughs> not built different. <laughs> Portuguese food very underrated in general. Yes. Uh, we'll end with this one. Surrey Ryan. Don Taylor getting inducted into the BC Sports Hall of Fame. Overrated or underrated? Overrated. What took so long? No, it took so Yeah, I think that's <laughs> that's the only way you can say is overrated. That's a great, great call, Reach. I mean, obviously underrated in terms of like what he's meant, if you have to pick a side too, right? Because I can't think of a single broadcaster locally who came up and watched Don Taylor that wasn't inspired by yeah. Don or at least was a fan of watching Don or, or use it as something you aspire to be and do potentially, right? And I think that goes for myself. Uh, all the broadcasters I know that have revered Donnie over the years, uh, we're blessed to have him on every Monday. I've been blessed to know him and work with him over the years. And uh, I, th- I think it's just very well-deserved. We talk about people being in the Hall of Fame because they make a difference and yeah. they impact an industry in many ways. And Don Taylor's done that. Uh, he was also like nationwide because he did the late night show on, yeah. on Sportsnet. Uh, so we'd get the highlights um, when I was going through school in, in Toronto and even as I was growing up. And um, I knew about Cyclone Taylor because of Don Taylor. Yeah. <laughs> Always talking about Cyclone Taylor and the sticks. Um, yeah, he's, he's just brilliant. You know, he made highlights fun. Yeah. And that was sort of a window into yeah it's sports talk but it should also be fun fun and also personality right mm-hmm. and you know sports reporters for many years were very stiff yeah and that's the last thing donnie ever is, is like you're, you're not reporting on the news right it's no, not exactly and I, we're uh, not talking about wars and, yeah. and things right like we're talking about trivial matters and it's serious but it's still at the end of the day like yeah. sports is not that serious at the end of the day and you go back to the sports page days as well with that entire group and how donnie was and it's it's pretty amazing yeah like uh, the cory de carpenter sports page not sports net well yeah he worked on sports net he was on sports like dan said he was on sports page before that but yes he was doing highlights on sports net across the nation as well for many years. Uh, Dan Richo and Satyar Shah. Shouts to Don Taylor. We'll have to congratulate him on Monday when uh, he joins the show. See, he he, uh, he backed up when I called him a legend on Monday, and now he's a Hall of Famer. So now he can't... Uh, he's just being humble. Uh, now he, he can't be so humble anymore. He was just being humble. Uh, all right. Appreciate you, the listener, joining us today. Also, Thursday, we'll have lots coming up tomorrow. 
as well. Harmon Dial and Nick Kiprios on the show. For producer Josh Elliott Wolf, intern Maddie, my co host Sat, I'm Dan. You've been listening to Canuck Central. Discussing the biggest stories that matter to Vancouver sports fans. Halford and Bruff in the morning. Subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.